Yeah, who uh, when they were up playing uh, poker or blackjack up at the front of the the plane, you know, Jordan came up and said, like, what are you playing? And he goes, oh, we're all playing dollar hands, so you're not going to be interested in this. And he was just like, I don't care what it is. He goes, I just want to come up here and take your money. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He didn't even care, like, how much it was for. It was more of just the competitive nature of saying, if it's for a 1000 or for a dollar, what my thing is is that I take your money. Correct. Yeah. So so that was pretty interesting. But, yeah, I was a little – I mean, I've seen a few documentaries about the Dream Team and that experience, and, and I think I maybe talked about in a previous episode about on – it was like the NBA TV channel. They did a documentary about the Dream Team, which was great. So if you never checked that out, check that one out. Uh, but, yeah, a little They did a little math on the whole Michael Jordan thing. I ended yeah. up doing a little math. And how much Michael was making with his endorsements and everything else, he was making $50,000 a day. So when you go back to the whole gambling thing, Michael's a little bit different in the whole money scheme of things. If he ended up losing, you know, four, five, six, seven, ten thousand $10,000, you know, he's still making $40,000 a day. What person can say that they can end up going through that? I mean, gambling's a little bit different. And I think of it as, you're paying for an entertainment value, right? If you end up going to a movie, you know you're going to be losing, you know, right now it's going to be 30, 40, 50 bucks, however much it is, you know, if you get popcorn and all that jazz. But if you really think about it, Michael's giving himself a chance of trying to win back money. It's his competitive nature. That's what he likes to do. That's his thing. Um, And so when I think about it, breaking it down, it's an entertainment thing for him. Yes, he loves competitiveness and all that, but if you really think about it that way, he ends up being in a total different scale than majority of uh, people in the world. So he kind of almost earns it because he's trying to get his mind away from things. Well, yeah, and you think about it, if he's making $50,000 a day times seven days a week, he's making, what, 200 and something thousand dollars a week? Yep. You know, times, let's say, four or five weeks in yeah, a month. Those, I mean, you're talking, did you see the stat on us? A million a month at, yeah. at a minimum, just from, just from endorsement deals, at least a million to 2 million a month. Yeah. Okay. Did you see his shoes when they ended up doing the whole Nike thing? Oh yeah. And they were expecting to have $3 million and they sold 120 plus million dollars worth of his shoes. In the first year, yeah, they said uh, over. I can't remember how many years it was. They were like, "Yeah, we're hoping you sell three million, and by the end of the first year, he sold like one hundred and twenty-five million. That was in like the first, yeah, the first year of what he ended up having. That's crazy. Oh, it's 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 nuts. But you think about it. I really didn't know what was new to me was the media that was placed on. Well, I knew about the Nike Adidas thing because. Jordan initially, when he got into it, he loved Adidas products. Yeah. And so the Nike thing, you know, I kind of I kind of saw in a previous documentary about Michael Jordan. But the thing that I didn't know very much about was how much the media played a fundamental role in that 1993 season of really pushing him into I'm done after the 93 yeah. season. Like he was just done with the bullshit. You know, he's like, I'm just tired of this. He goes, I just want to play basketball. If I want to go out and gamble, a lot of people gamble. I can do it. It's legal what I'm doing. So just stop, you know, putting pressure on me. I'm just a basketball player, you know, and not really even thinking about it. He just, you know, imagine what happened and that none of that media pressure, would he have really quit at the end of that 93 season and then had to come back? you know, in the 95 season and then do a second run, you know, it's like, it could have been totally different. I mean, he could have, he could have totally just kept going. I mean, who, who knows how many championships they could have won. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing is basically he's leaving in his prime. He ended up winning the NBA uh, all-star game was, you know, the MVP of that should have won probably the MVP, but Charles Barkley took it from him on the 98 season. And then won NBA MVP for his final season. So they haven't got to that yet, but sorry to spoil it for people, but he ended up being the NBA MVP for that as well. 
you know, yeah. what other person can say that? And then they end up retiring the next year. And you can't say that, you know, he can't come back and drop 30 plus a game. Because what he ended up having in that 90, it was either the 92 or 93 the 93 season. Se- 93 season, he averaged like 41 or 41 a game. Yeah, he averaged 41 points over that series in the NBA Finals. And Barkley was just like, you know, I always thought I was the best player in my mind and nobody's better than me. And until that, you know, matchup, I ended up thinking I am the best player. I'll always be the best player. And he gave up his crown and it was 93. So kind of a wake up call when you get 50 plus dropped on you almost every night. feels like. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's tough when you got a guy who's averaging 40-plus points <laughs> every single game and you're playing your ass off and you're just like, dude, I'm playing my best basketball right now that I've ever played, especially being the 93 NBA MVP, you know, yeah. Charles Barkley. And it's just, it you was know, cool just looking at that enough. Phoenix team, though, wasn't it? Looking at that Phoenix oh, yeah, team, the what Phoenix, they had? The Phoenix the Dan team Marley, the Kevin stacked, Johnson, the yeah, Danny Ainge. Charles yeah. Barkley, you have like three Hall of Famers that are on that team. Yeah, it's a pretty stacked team, dude. It was a pretty good team. There was so, a reason why they had the the best record in the NBA. Yeah, tied, right? Weren't they tied with the? Yeah, tied for the Bulls. Yeah, ninety three mm-hmm. best record in the NBA. But, you but know, they I'm won the head to head challenge. Yes, they won the head to head. So, so, so they got they the uh, the home the home court advantage in the finals. Yeah. But it didn't it didn't matter much because uh, Chicago ended up winning anyway. So, but I mean, I'm excited for uh, what are we on episode seven and episode eight coming up uh, here in a week. So that'll be fun to check out, yep. uh, see where they kind of go with that. But uh, getting back to beer, uh, especially since got a couple beers down now, you know, feeling a little bit buzzied, you know. You start thinking about snacks, man. And I've always mm. I've always wondered, you know, looking back, go to you know, snacks. what are some of your most what are some of your most infamous beer snacks? Okay, number one pops in my head right off the bat. Jack in the box tacos. Ooh, Jack in the Box tacos. Tell me about them. Dude, they're in their own category. I don't even think you can call them tacos. You should just call them Jack and the Snacks. That's what it should be you right do, there. You just call them Jack and the Snacks, man. You don't even know what that meat is in the taco, but you do know that that meat is oh so delicious. Now, if you remember this, you, you're going to give me 99 tacos for two cents. <laughs> <laughs> that was a commercial thing. Dude, that, that would be epic right there. Dude, and the thing is, today it's like even thinking about getting two tacos for ninety nine cents. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, I don't even. I don't even think they do that there anymore. No, it's one twenty nine or one forty nine over here. So yeah, but they yeah, are the to... best uh, taco place that you would end up going towards. Not like a you know a Taco Bell or Taco Time where they're literally it's in their name, but it's not in their name best tacos dude I, I totally can concur i was thinking about you know you know when you're when you're you know feel like you're done drinking for the night and you like say man i need some snacks i need some nice beer snacks right now Yep. where am i gonna go i mean the, the place is it's the jack-in-the-box that was for me it was like go to jack-in-the-box i always would get two junior bacon cheeseburgers two junior bacon get, like, cheese four, Get get like four tacos. <laughs> yep. Get like a nice little uh, get a curly fry. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you throw in you get some like jalapeno poppers. Dude, we missed <laughs> out because now they end up having those snack packs. Uh, Jack in the box. Well, yeah, because so many drunk people came to Jack in the box and they were just like, "Yeah, man, I'm here for the snacks." And how and they were like, "How often did yeah, you so want, what do you want fries mixed with curly fries?" You know what I mean? Heck yeah, dude. Like you got that stray fry or stray curly fry with the rest of the yep. bunch. And you were almost like, it was almost like digging in the ground and finding like a little gold nugget. Yep. You know? And you were like, oh, damn, man, I got one curly fry. <laughs> and you're just like, ooh, savoring it. Yep. You know? You'd save it till the end. 
Yeah. So. Oh, dude. Yeah. What I'm was your you, What was your go-to? Might, well, that Jack in the Box was in many ways. Was yours egg rolls? As, as I remember it. I I I dabbled in the egg rolls every once in a while. I would mainly go with like the jalapeno poppers. Yeah. They had the mozzie. They had mozzie sticks. Mm-hmm. You know. But I'm telling you, my go-to was always the Jack in the mm-hmm. Box. And it was the two junior bacon cheeseburgers, the four tacos, and then I get a fry. Yep. You know, and I don't even know. I sometimes would be regular fry, sometimes it'd be curly fry. Uh, and so, you know, that that order right there, that would pull the premium. Yeah. You know, that that would that would do it for me. And I mean, I remember when we went to Sounders games together and where we parked like right across from the Jack in the Free Parking was. It's like a Jack in the Box is right there where we parked, and we were like, "Dude, you need to get some snacks." And it's like, "Yeah, man, let's get some snacks." Yep, we go head it up. Yeah, but I mean, I always liked going to Taco Bell too. Yep. You know, I get a couple like, you know, gorditas or chalupas. That was more or of my whatever next was- morning kind of place to go was Jack in the Box. Yeah. Or sorry, was uh, Taco- oh really Taco Bell? Oh, was was Taco Bell? Yeah, that's what always my was my next day kind of recoup. Fill her up. Give me some calories, kind of thing. Yeah, and take the and grease. That's the thing. I just, yeah, I just remember. I just say, dude, I don't, I don't even care what it is. Just load up that, load up the plastic bag that says Taco Bell on the side of it. I don't even care what it's full yep. of. So, because it all tastes the same. Yeah, give me that Baja Blast. Wash it all down with. Yeah, and I mean, and I remember too. We get we get like our pre funk, have a few drinks before we go into games or whatever it would be. We'd stop at like the local KFC mm-hmm. and get some get some sliders or whatever it might yeah. be, you know. So, but yeah, I remember you know like when I go back when I was in college. I mean, Jack in the Box was like the jam. That would be the place to go, you know. It was always the snack pack place, and it's kind of funny to think today. Yeah, you drive by it, and it like has a huge sign on the side of it that says "snack pack," and it like tells you all the things. And it's like, motherfucker, that's what I used to get when I'd say I need some snacks right now, and I didn't need no box to put my snack pack in. I, you knew what I was going to be getting. You learned from me. You are profiting off of me. I'm going to sue you to get my to get my snack pack meal back. Yeah, I mean, oh man, Jack in the Box was a place. I mean, I think if if we had to like rank like the top three all time beer snacks, grabbing some snacks, fast food places. I mean, for me, Jack in the Box is at the top of the heat. Number, number one. one. It is that guilty pleasure. Nope. It is like, yep, that's my jam. That's where I'm going. Jack in the yep. crack. You know, uh, then when it comes to number two, I mean, Taco Bell was it for me. And in many cases, it was because it's pretty cheap and it fill you up. I mean, you can get, you know, 99 cent tacos, pretty good tacos there. Fill up a bag, you know, moves the bowels. Uh, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get that burrito bomb <laughs> right in the bottom of your stomach that would kind of churn up that beer and hard alcohol that you've had that night yeah we always had a roommate he would go to the uh, local 7-eleven and go get uh, a couple of the burritos warm them up in the microwave oh Oh, the burrito bombs ask for those uh those hot dogs that have been sitting on the roaster all day get them for free all shriveled up like a like a 95 year old man's dick and you'd be like can i just get a couple of those for free and they'd be like just take just take them Get them out of here, dude. I'm going to have to clean them off there uh, anyways. Why don't you just take them? But when it when it always came for, like, number three, mm. so you thought about it, and you were like, Jack in the Box is closed, which it never is. But let's say Jack in the Box is shut down for some reason. Taco Bell's out of commission. You know, what will be your number three? Let's see. Like, the emergency stop number two, because obviously the Jack in the Box was the go-to. Emergency stop was Taco Bell, even if it was the next day. You were like, got to get some of that Taco Bell. Yeah. Let's see. I got. You know what was I got like... a couple that are in mind. Let's see. I got the Arby's. Oh, Arby's. I love man. me some curly fries, so I'd probably go with that. Um, get that thick. But then you snack. also have. Um, 
like going like a, a Dick's driving or a Dick's burger. Oh yeah, always... man! Up in Seattle, that would be the jam. You go there and just get yourself a couple cheeseburgers. Couple they would fries, always be open. So, Dang. yeah, I think pulling up and getting some, you know, dollar twenty-five cheeseburgers. Oh, that was yeah. always good. Well, I just loved like I love dicks because there's no messing nope. around about it. You know, you you get what you get. Like you say, I want the you know the double cheeseburger. I want the cheeseburger, whatever. It comes with what it comes yeah. with. You know, you don't get no special nope. order. You know, so you just eat it. And those fries, man, those fries were so good. You at least had to you get You had two. to get two. And it wasn't super expensive. You know? and I, so. No, they weren't super expensive. And you're like, well, what the hell am I going to wash it down with? Chocolate shake Ooh. sounds good. You easily walk out of there with two burgers, two fries, and a milkshake for like yep. six bucks. You know, yep. money. I don't know what it is today. I can't say that I've I've gone lately and got snacks at at Dick's, but but yeah, that would be worth the drive just shooting up from the stadium downtown Seattle. Yeah, see, see, we never Dick's. really had a Wendy's until the uh, end of college, but Wendy's yeah. having a good old frosty would be kind of nice. But I don't think they have enough to follow it up to kind of be on that category. I think I'd still be able to choose Arby's or like a burger joint to try and pick over that. Ooh, you want to know what we did end up having was, uh, the, that's not gyro wraps. What are they called? Pita, Pita Pit. Oh, Pita Pit. Oh man. Pita Pit. That was, that was a good one. Kind of expensive for what, for how much you end up getting. Yeah. When you were feeling like, I don't want to gorge myself. I want to go and just have a nice, tasty quality, somewhat meal in my belly. It's like. Let's go get some pita yeah. pit, bro. Um, what are you that thinking? Was... Is there any others that pop in your mind that you would end up having? Well, be on that top three list. I still haven't figured out what I'd pick for three. For like number three, I mean, when you threw out Arby's, I was trying to think about they were open say, though, dude. Were Arby's, they? that's the thing. Arby's like closed at eleven, so Arby's was super tough. That was the same thing with like KFC. Yeah. You know, it's like that was something you had to get like earlier in the night because you couldn't get it late night. I mean, the the thing was, is that the reason for, you know, many years like Jack in the Box was the jam is because Jack in the Box is open late. And then it was like it felt like it was one of the first to be open 24 hour yeah. drive through. So you were always like, I can go. And I mean, even though they may have like a small staff on the 24 hour drive through, it's like you'd have to wait 10 or 15 minutes for your food. It was yeah. still worth it. McDonald's you know, isn't even but, on that uh, list. I would say that's far from it. Oh, far from it. And the thing is, is even though McDonald's, they got on board with the whole 24-hour drive-through in many places, it was still not I, – I mean, I would be like – I'm most of the time, Jack in the Boxes and McDonald's are pretty close to each other, and I would be like, dude, if I need some beer snacks, I'm going to that Jack in the Yeah, I wish crack. I lived in California. My number one would definitely be some In-N-Out burger. Get it animal style. Jam, man. Shoot, I would even like if we ended up having a Popeyes. That was twenty four hours. I love me a spicy chicken sandwich from Popeyes. Oh, Popeyes! Popeyes is my chicken jam, dude. It's like we got Chick Fil A up here now, but I'm telling you, when I need my my fried my fried chicken fix, my fried chicken fix is Popeyes. Yep, give me some of the spicy. It's not. Yeah, it's not that That's spicy. The thing. It's like you can't beat the spice. But it's good. Yeah, it's got the spice. I mean, you know, Chick Fil A is all right. It's not bad. KFC is all right. But once I got the pie pie, it was done, man. I love that pie pie. And their sauces, their sauces the are Cajun amazing. fries. It's like everything about Popeyes. Yeah, the Cajun fries. It's like, oh, it's it's the jam, man. I need me some Popeyes right now. Uh, but that's the thing. Like that number three is like is like tough to come up with. Yeah, you know it's a good thing our number one is like a solid number. Yeah, one. that one's solid. You I don't know. think much can contest with that so. if you end up having Jack in the Box as number one. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, I haven't had probably Jack in the Box in three or four years. I would probably have to say I can't even remember the last time I had it. But getting uh getting buzzkeyed on some uh, Boot Jack IPA. Might have to call an Uber <laughs> to get me some some Jack in the Box. Well, Uber Eats, some Uber Eats, son. You. you know, 
Yeah, but the thing is, like today, I mean, you got like Subway. Some of them are twenty four hours. You know, you can go and get some sandwiches. But you don't want to I mean, eat healthy got, that late. I don't know. You got Jimmy John's. Nope. You got so many other places these days that you can just go get some stuff from. It's like madness. But I'm telling you, if you want some beer snacks, I'm telling you, listeners out there, I mean, I'm telling you, if we talk to 10 people, I would say probably 8 out of 10 would say Jack in the Box, number one. Beer snacks. I'd say top three, you would have 10 out of 10. Oh, uh, really? That's I'm wow. pouring it out there. 10 out of 10. Wow. Jack in the box for late night snacks. Wow. It's my my bold wow, guesstimation. Man. Yeah. That is one bold guesstimation. Ten I've out of ten. I've just seen it on, you know, Facebook and internet and personal experience and everybody talks about having some jack in the box. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's Can't a go place, wrong. man. So No, you cannot. So I'm telling you, you out there, you're listening to this right now, you know, you buzzed, you need some beer snacks, you're thinking in the future, you know, you're going to do some drinking, you're going to yeah, get go, hungry, hit that jack. Go turn to that buff jack. Yeah. We ain't even sponsored by Jack in the Box, but we're going to jack it up because Jack in the Box did a lot for us throughout <laughs> the years. <laughs> quenching that, quenching that tummy yep. thirst after a long night of drinking. Yep. Yeah, so you got anything else, bro, before we uh, close out episode four of the Bros Brosky, and Brosky? I don't think I got anything else. Let's close it on out. All right, man. Well, we'll close it out. Uh, and uh, episode four, we talked about our beer review, which we will, uh, on our next episode, bring another uh, beer that we've never had before. We'll crack them. We'll drink them. We'll give you our honest opinion on if it's good or if it's not. I'm telling you, the Icicle Brewing Company Bootjack IPA is definitely worth the try. What What do you think your final verdict for pub the pub beer, beer? is? A, for just having a nice sipping beer, I'd, I'd give it like a good 8.5 out of 10. It's a solid. Is it a, a good coaster, coaster beer? beer? It is perfect. It is, a, it is definitely categorized in the coaster beer. So we should think of like some sort of like rating, like uh, like a uh, uh, like out of five, like a like a five, you know, brewskis out of five or something. You know we what I mean? Make we a, should think of some we'll sort make of rating a brewski scale. scale. Yeah, we the should make a brewski scale. Like I'm telling you, this icicle. Yeah, this icicle brewing company, Bootjack IPA. I mean, for smoothness taste i would give it definitely a four out of five on the bruce i'd say a four out of five would be pretty solid for the for the pub beer as well yeah so we'll have different categories because that the one i drank was an ipa so i give that probably a four out of five nice smooth good taste not extremely bitter hoppiness but has a little bit on the end of that taste so it's actually pretty nice and then you know what did you say about that lager yeah, it's, it's just solid it's a it's a little thicker than a normal uh, Bud Light, Coors Light, so it gives it a little bit more taste to it, where it's not so thin. Um, so I really like the, really like the taste, and it's cheap and fun. So all right, all right. Well, we're gonna close that episode four. Those who listen, thank hey, you. Bro. and keep Broski out. Yeah, Broski out, man. Keep. Welcome to the Bros and Brewskies podcast. What's up? Broski. Dude, what's happening, man? Uh, nothing too much. Oh, what are you drinking tonight? Let's see. Last time I said I would crack open a pub beer. And so I got yeah, that man, pub we're doing beer our, to We're doing review. our weekly beer review. Yeah, our weekly beer review. So this is a 10-barrel brewing company. And it says pub beer, and it just yep. looks awesome. It's simple, clean. Um, then it also says on there, cheap fun. So that's kind of oh, yeah. Solid. We talked about the gimmicky portion of it, the the cheap fun. That's what you always want when you're when you're wanting to uh, have a good time. Exactly. Pub beer started as a project to brew an easy drinking craft lager. 
you know what? I think I'm going to take a good old little sip of this thing. See what I end up thinking. Dude, yeah. Tastes a little thicker than kind of like the Bud Light, Budweiser, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, did it have like an alcohol percentage on it? Yeah. Says it's uh says it's five percent. So that's a little bit heftier than the majority of the um, local kind of beers that we know about. Yeah, like those macro those macro beers, like the uh, the buds and the yep. the uh, Coors and the Millers and all that. Yeah, it's a little thicker, but it's just as it's just as smooth from my perspective. Yeah. And you know, I'll I'll drink some pub beer. It's it's good. A little bit stronger too, so it's always a good effect. Nice, nice dude. Well, I'll, I'll kick in. Yeah, uh, what are you having? Uh, my my beer review for the uh, the week. Like we said, we're gonna pick a beer that we've never had before. So I went and looked on the shelves, and I've kind of been eyeballing this beer. It's from Icicle Brewery in Leavenworth, Washington. It's called okay. the Boot Jack. The Boot Jack IPA. That's and uh, good name the beer right there. there. Heck yeah, man. And on the front of it, you got like these, you know, uh, rolling mountains. You got this guy mm-hmm. sitting kind of leaned up against a nice alpine tree, drinking a beer. Uh, and then on this, uh, looked like it just, uh, it's like a chop stump, uh, is his like hiking boots. And okay. it says Boot Jack IPA, nice. uh, 6.5%. So let's give this baby a crack. Okay. That sounds good. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, nice. I ended head. up pre-cracking my beer. I should have should have not pre I should have not pre-cracked my beer before I drank mine. Yeah, but you, you you blew your cans load a little early, but I premature. I let go right off. All, All right. right, let's let's give her a taste. Go for it. Mm. Ooh, nice and smooth. Nice and smooth. You know, it's uh, it's got a nice crisp finish. You know, sometimes when you have IPAs, it kind of has this kind of lingering, you know, not, uh, you know, like hoppy taste after it. Mm-hmm. This is just like a smooth that kind of slowly leads you into the hoppiness. And it looks like just looking at the can, it says, you know, they use Yakima Valley hops uh, grown Solid. right here in the Pacific Northwest. And yeah, it says that it's it's a barrier between bitter and bold. Yeah. So that's pretty good IPA. I've never had this before. I can't really say I've had a ton of Icicle Brewing Company beer. I think maybe I've had their stout once before, uh, mm-hmm. but never any other IPA. So when I was looking on the shelf a couple weeks ago, I was like, dude, that looks like a pretty good beer to try out. So I grabbed a six pack of it. and Yeah, man, it's pretty good. I'm actually going to enjoy drinking the next five of these. Yeah, I've enjoyed uh, Icicle Brewery. Um, been down to Leavenworth a couple of times, and I think I've tried their stout and something else. Just trying to think of what the yeah, other thing remember... I've had before, but I know that they have a stout that was really good. Yeah, I just remember like they, and I in my mind, I think I think it was the stout. It was like this purple can, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember having one of those. Uh, and it was pretty dang good, yeah. but uh, that's a pretty damn good beer. But I mean, other than that, I mean, beers in review this week, you know, I've been sticking with the IPAs, uh, been, uh, dr- I had the, uh, the, uh, gosh, what was it called? It was called, it was by Mac and Jacks, which is in Redmond, Washington. And it was, I think oh, it was yeah. called the Log Boom. Is yep, the Log Boom. Yeah, that was a pretty good pale ale. And then the, uh, the IPA that I had this week, uh, and I've had this company's IPAs before. They do a, a whole bunch of varieties of them, and it's the uh, Bale Breakers in Yakima, Washington. Mm-hmm. And they came out with this series of different IPAs that they're releasing. And this was this one was a Sessions IPA. And it was like 7%, I believe. Okay. And it was called Hops Country IPA. Nice. And it's one of six or something they're going to be releasing over the next few months. And so uh, I may have to do like a continual review of trying the, the ones as they come out, you know, to see, 
to see how they're different and, and such. But but I've really liked uh, uh, Bailbreaker beer. It's a pretty well-known, you know, company you find on the shelves of most grocery stores and places now. Uh, they got their top cutter and their bottom cutter IPAs. Mm-hmm which are real good. And then they also have their field 41 pale ale, which is a, which is a great beer as well. So if you've never gotten into the bail breaker before, uh, you know, it used to, you know, a while ago start out, it was a nice little small brewery, but now they've just grown so much in popularity that they're pretty much on the shelves everywhere you want to pick them up. Yeah. I like it's almost becoming summertime because a lot of my beers that I seem to like come out in the summer, but they end up trying to, you know, brew and taste test and everything else so i'm going to be looking forward to uh, some of the new concoctions that different breweries come on up with so dude i know you were talking about a uh on the last episode i think it was or maybe even the time before you were talking about one that had like did they put like jalapeno in the beer or something oh yeah they always do something different during the summer yeah what company was that do you remember <sighs> No, I was going to look it up after we got done with the podcast, but um, yeah, I'm going to have to look it up after this one so I can uh, got a shout busky, out. Brewski. <laughs> it happens. It's part of the yeah. part of the uh, podcast business. Heck yeah, man. So. I mean, that's kind of our, our, uh, our passion is, is going and trying all different kinds of beers. And right now, you know, with the, with most of the stay at home, stay in place, stay away from people who have the coronavirus you know that's going on right now it's tough to get out there like we've enjoyed for so long going to like different tap rooms and trying all these different you know micro brews from around you know our state and neighboring states like oregon and california and so now we've just kind of had to be relying on what they distribute in the grocery stores yeah did you hear about the uh phases that we're going to be going through in the state of washington yeah, I heard that, you know, so it looks like probably over the next three months, I mean, possibly depending on how things go. I mean, maybe even by the end of July, they might have some sports and concerts yeah. and such that might be back in action. They really haven't talked about, like, in our state, at least what that is going to look like, you know, if it's, yeah. you know, you go to, you go to, you know, CenturyLink Field for, a, you know, Sounders game. I heard a or, random you know, concert idea. Uh, in Shelton, Washington, they're talking about trying to open it up at the old drive-in movie theater and set up a big old oh, stage nice. and have live theaters that you end up just sitting in the back of your truck and turn the truck on around and just party from your truck. Um, yeah, buddy. Yeah, party from your Fill cars, it. whatever you end up wanting. If you want to stand Dude, on line them. that back of the truck with like some, you know how people would some do lights? that? They make like a little pool. Yeah. Like Ooh. little pools in their pickup truck. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Sound like a you know, 70 degree night. That'd be awesome. Oh man. Yeah. When I heard that idea, I'm like, sign me up. If they start doing that. That's like a country music fans. dream. Exactly. Right. Sit in the back with your pony keg and you know, and their dog sitting your, yeah. With your and dog their girlfriend that's going to break up your... with them. Heck yeah. They can get a song <laughs> right out of that. They need beer. Jeez. They need dogs and they need a girlfriend that's going to break up with them. Well, I think about like if anybody's ever been to the the Gorge yep. in Eastern Washington, yep. they have huge concerts there. It's like they have that huge field, yep. you know, like that runs right up to the stage. And it's like if you just open that up for vehicles and they were able to just drive down onto that field and like park, you know, and, you know, I don't really know what you do for restrooms, you know, unless you're just going to let people urinate right by their vehicles. You know, but you could have people walking around serving alcohol or they say you have to bring your own stuff. You got to bring your own food, bring your own alcohol, whatever it may be. Yeah. You enjoy the concert and then people just drive out, you know, just make sure you bring one responsible person who will not be drinking, yep. you know, to drive you out of there. It'll be, it'll <laughs> Unless be an you're interesting planning on concept. staying over the night, dude. What's that? Yeah, you could stay the night, I'm sure. If you ended up dude, buying the spot. Stay the night. Well, that'd be a great party to go to right there, stay in the night and party. Every concert would be like Woodstock. Exactly. You know? And then you got the social oh, distancing man. aspect. You got the people that are driving on in. You got cleanup that's already in the truck. You just shut the tailgate yeah. and you're good to go. Yeah. So, brilliant yeah. idea. But 
but you know people would definitely probably do some truck hopping car hopping you know it's can't keep their it's their movement that they could do you know i mean you can only do so much but you can have families that are being next to each other so then you can you know go hopping back and forth oh like divided up in sections you have a family section and then you have like the uh the good to fuck section where you have all the young people who drink. <laughs> hey, they've been what nine weeks, seven weeks quarantined. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, birth rates are going to be going up. They can't make it to those places. That Single are, uh, and ready to mingle. <laughs> exactly, man. Just call yeah, out well, the country the, uh, tender right there. Yeah, country tender, man. <laughs> Social distancing. Keep your peckers six feet apart. <laughs> You'd have to shoot some sort of load if social distancing was going on. <laughs> uh, that's that not be, a concept be, I want to keep going down. All right, let's change the concept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, so uh, we kind of started talking a little bit about sports, and I know that the MLB has kind of come out with kind of a plan. Uh, you want to talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, they were talking about trying to transition from uh, – uh, AL and NL and try and separate it of West Coast, East Coast, and Midwest kind of thing, or middle, and trying to go down that. So um, then it would be 100 games. So that would be kind of interesting. None of it would be fan-filled. It would all just be... Um, and then they would end up playing in their different sections. They were trying to work out all the details, I was trying to pick up on it and trying to wrap my mind around it. And it's still still something I'm kind of thinking about. What do you think about that idea? Well, I, I thought I heard a little while ago when they were talking about the MLB, they were thinking about Peoria. Isn't that down in yeah, Arizona? They were thinking of Arizona, Florida. Yeah, they do a lot of preseason uh, uh, stuff down yep. there. So they were thinking about with the multiple fields that are there, doing it without crowds, and everybody – plays their games at kind of the same area and complex you know and i thought that there was something floated too and i think this was down in the state of florida they have an espn complex down there and they were talking about either doing nfl down there or i can't remember or is nba or it was one of the other major sports franchises they were really thinking of these ideas of like do we have places where teams can go and they have a contained area where they can all play in one area and be kind of quarantined in a sense. They won't have crowds, but at least they can televise, you know, the, the, uh, the sports events and people can, you know, watch them on ESPN or NBA TV or whatever, NBA ticket, NFL ticket, whatever it is. I think we talked about this a couple of episodes ago. I feel super bad for yeah, the NBA. Yeah, I don't. I th- yeah, is the NBA done? That's what it's sounding like. They haven't for really the came out with much, but they haven't played their playoffs. So, what, you end up playing a regular season or part of a regular season? And, what, you were a month and a half away from postseason? Now you're just going to call it quits? How are you supposed to celebrate a year of basketball without a championship? You know? Well, kind of like the NCAA did without their March Madness. Exactly. You know, you get you get no closure. It's just like, sorry, guys, just it just ain't happening this year. Yeah. That's kind of a weird one. You end up having a missing yeah. year, COVID induced. But yeah, I mean, I I'm thinking about like leagues that are going on right now, like the MLB, like the MLS, and I mean, I mean. The reality is, is that I think you're just going to have to play your games in places like we were saying in Arizona, Peoria, you know, or I'm sure the MLS has a location where there's multiple fields where they can all play and get their matches in, or they may have to like for the Sounders, they may have to play at CenturyLink Field with no crowd. Yep. You know, it's just, it could still be televised, but there's no crowd, you know, which has been done before. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they've had they've had, you know, Olympic, you know, or World Cup qualifiers where they've had no crowd there and they've just played. And, you know, I've seen those before. Yep. So, I mean, that concept is there. And I think we talked a couple episodes ago about, you know, like a pay-per-view yep. setup, 
you know, where instead of buying this, you know, NBA ticket or NFL ticket where you get all the games for a flat fee of like $79.99, instead you pay, you know, like $29.99 or $49.99 per game, you know, which is much cheaper than going to the game. Yeah, it's just what impact will they end up being able to bring to a TV? They already bring quite a bit, but it's already packaged into a lot of like, you know, direct TV and Comcast. And so it kind of has to almost go an extra level if you're going to have it be that way. Because there's more TV viewers than there is, um, than there is people that end up showing up to the stadiums. You know, you're sitting at about 70,000 for most stadiums max. And you'd make way more money with millions of people watching. Oh, no doubt. Especially if they were paying per game instead of getting a ticket to see the entire season for 80 bucks. Yeah, and I wonder if they end up uh, changing that because NFL needs to make their money. You'd lose a lot of, a lot of sports fans, I would think, if they, get, they outpriced them. So. Well, yeah, and I mean, I mean, thinking about it, too, it's like, you know, even if you made them pay 30 bucks a game per household, I mean, it's way cheaper than going to the game. I know it's, you know, kind of cruddy for the, for the, you know, stadiums and such for the people that work there that are employed. I mean, how do you redistribute that money, you know, to help those people out unless there's other opportunities you can provide for them. But I mean, at least, at least it's something because we don't know where it's going to go when the NFL, what kicks up in like August is when they start their preseason, what's going to be going on at that time. I mean, it sounds like with these faces they're putting into place that it's, it's likely that it will happen. Yep. But I mean, it's just kind of all up in the air. So I think they're going to kind of buy off of what the MLB experience is going to be, you know, only having a hundred games. I mean, that's way too many games comparable to every other sport that's out there. So, yeah, only only a hundred games. That's the thing I think about, like the MLB, uh, and I think the MLS. What do, what do they play? Like thirty thirty six yep. games or something in yep. the MLS. So you think about it, they have to have some location for them to go to and play, because if not, if they play 100 games and let's say 50 are home and 50 yep. are away they're traveling to 50 different cities that's getting on airplanes i mean they may obviously most sports teams they're, have their own correct. you know but still it's like you have to have a system in place of testing all the players you know testing all the support staff you know before you fly to each location yeah, and the best part is is they have quick you and know, easy tests that it's coming back and you know, two hours or so, two to three hours. So before you end up starting yeah. a game, you can end up having everybody tested before they even go to the field. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, with the, you know, hopefully the reliability of the test, they're correct. I mean, the problem is, is that, you know, in between games or whatever it may be, when they go back home and they go to the local grocery store or whatever it may be, they may come into contact with somebody that's asymptomatic. They don't even know they have it. And then they come back and, who knows, they might get a false positive on the test and they go out and play and infect a whole team, yep. you know, who knows? So, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're probably thinking worst case scenario, but then they also have to think they got people to pay, they got money to make. They're going to do what you know, they can do like, to try and make it happen. Well, and the thing is, you know, bringing it back to that and beer related, you know, we just got, you know, you sent me a news article this week Ooh. about one of the most one of our favorite beer places uh, to go to yeah one of our favorite places in downtown seattle across from century link field across from what is it now mobile park uh yeah t-mobile park pyramid brewing company the restaurant there the tap room it's done it tapped it it had it had to go out of business and that has been a staple in that area for as long as I know, as long as I've been a sports fan, a drinking sports yeah. fan, uh, down in the Seattle area, they said they relied so heavily on the concerts, the events, the sports, that just in this short time with what has been going on, they have to close their doors yep. permanently. Two months of not making profit. Owen, oh, I mean, it's a prime area. And they have to... Oh, they have totally to, prime. We used to always go there and get a whole bunch of their different 
uh, brews that they had, and they had a little outdoor little beer garden beer that you garden. Would go to beforehand, and you'd have the what was it, the Thunderhead? Oh yeah, Thunderhead like IPA, eight nine percent. You get two of those, and you get all sauced up, and uh, you know, then you can sip on a little bit, you know, cheaper or less expensive beer. So then you can yeah. What was it called? Like the curveball, the curveball, curve or something? Was there was there lager or whatever their lighter yeah, beer that was? Yeah, thing was still like six percent. Oh yeah, it's great. And the thing was, is it's brewed yep. right there. They have their brewing facility right there. They put it in the keg. They tape it. They take it right out to the beer garden. You get it fresh. So you know, in some cases, when you get a can of beer at the store, and it was you know packaged a month or two before yeah. that i mean you don't know if you're still really getting you know six seven eight nine ten percent or whatever it may exactly. be the flavor i mean those things were strong and i mean on top of that they had great food i remember going there and their pizza and i mean i had pizza after having drinks which definitely intensifies the taste buds and i had food there before i even got into you know messing around with some drinks and their food was delicious, so it's unfortunate to see that couch. Yeah, that one go. was a big one to hit us when I ended up seeing it. I was just shocked. I had to go check it myself, see if it actually happened, see if it was multiple resources that were saying the same thing. And yeah, even on their website, I mean, Pyramid's still going to stay open as a as a whole, but their company has taken a huge yeah because they're based out of. They're based out of, I think, yep. somewhere in Oregon. It might be Portland, Oregon, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But I know that their brewing operations are definitely staying open. But just their restaurant in Seattle and tap room and everything, it's just – it's unthinkable. I mean, it's almost like – you remember when we – I mean, we were, you know, season ticket holders for what, like five or six seasons yep. for the Sounders. And our go-to places were we'd hit Pyramid first. We'd go to the beer garden, have a few drinks. And then we would walk FX over McCurry's. to FX McCrory's, yeah, which was a Irish pub, and they had like three dollar, no, two dollar highlights. We we'd be living two dollar highlights high or something. We go, yeah, we go get some highlights, yeah. and you know that was our jam. We would go there, and so you know, imagining going down to the to the Sounders game and not seeing, you know, the Pyramid Brewery there is going to be a a real sobering no pun intended experience after going there so many years kind of that would be our our pre-funk and then the only reason why we really change is because when we went to fx we could sit outside and they have a they have like that little outdoor area and that's where the uh, march to the match comes every single game so we loved being able to see the march yeah they had the the seating area Yeah, they had a seating area. That was the thing, like, at Pyramid, they didn't have a seating area outside. It was just kind of a big beer garden. They had, they had what was it, Cornhole and some other kind of yep. games you can play and such out there. And then you you could walk over to FX, which was, what, maybe a five, ten-minute walk tops away yep, from five Pyramid. Minute. Five and minute you with two curveballs in you. you could, yeah, you could sit outside. You could have some high life. You can keep the, keep the buzz going, you know, put her on cruise control. And uh, then – it ends up like what was it our our you know last year or second year before last that we uh we ended up no longer continuing our season tickets for the Sounders and we started going to uh was it King Street yep. going to King Street yeah Ugh. yeah we go to King Street Bar and they had what two or three dollar Rainier yeah it was like boys. two three fifty or two two to two fifty to three dollars uh. Rainier Tall Boys, and we'd load up on those, and there was a lot of uh, load up on some vitamin yeah, R, dude. Relax, and there was always friends that we would end up seeing there, and kind of grew grew to get to know some people that were, you know, hanging out there, bartenders, all that. So it was just a good hangout spot. Yeah, and they'd have like those. Well, and remember they'd have like those small batch like tequila companies. Yeah, there would always be randos coming on in and come in. Yeah, and they'd be doing sample stuff, and they pass out a sample, and they'd say, "Well, if you buy a shot, yeah, of this, free we'll scarf. Get, we'll hand you a custom, yeah, yeah, a custom scarf with their company's logo on one side and the Sounders FC on beanies the other side." I remember and, doing that for one of the tequila. Companies. Yeah, we got beanies and everything. So, 
yeah, it was That's crazy. Why we kept staying there. It was kind of fun to yeah. try out new stuff. You'd end up getting, you know, tequila and um, one was whiskey one day. So they just had some randoms yeah. in there, and it was it was fun. It was a great experience. But yeah, Pyramid being gone is going to be a a hit to that scene down there. And maybe they're just trying to cut their losses early so they're not going into further debt. Um, and some yeah. others are going to follow sense. suit in the next couple weeks. So if they're going down, you got to think some of the other big ones are going to be going down with them. So, yeah. But like you were saying, dude, that is primo real estate right there across from uh T-Mobile Stadium or T-Mobile Field or whatever it's called now. T-Mobile Park. You know, that's a primo spot. So I can imagine it's pretty expensive to hold on to that little piece of real estate right there. Well, and somebody's going to try and uh, snatch it up when they they can. It may just not be the same pyramid that they end up having. It's going to be sad. Yeah, I would imagine so because it's it's converted into a tap room with brewing on site, and I would think that somebody's itching at the bit to take another company. Yeah, another company might slide in and like take the. I mean, when this whole thing starts to settle down, you know, some company may. Yeah, maybe Iron Horse Brewery out of Ellensburg. Get our old college, maybe college going there. They're trying to expand and get stuff going. Their beers are starting to pick up. Yeah. Most definitely, they got that Irish death. They got that Ooh. peanut butter death. Still got one left. One peanut butter death left. So, I bet you are. It's it's a little thicker. Butter. It's a little thicker than I thought it was going to be. It's it a nice a dessert, dessert beer, though. That's what I end up thinking about it. It's yeah, tough to you're... have like two or three or four of those things because, yeah, it's just like kind of like eating peanut butter. You can't have too much peanut butter. Well, exactly, and the thing is, is like you you look in the fridge and you're like, ah, should I have ice cream? Should I? I don't have a peanut like, butter. Ah, death. I could have peanut butter death, and that's that's a, that I get too. I get the nice desserty taste, yep. and I get a little buzz going. Yeah. So speaking of uh, speaking of uh, you know hit things uh, that have been uh, happening lately, we've been watching the uh, documentary series, The Last dance which is chronicling the uh chicago bulls team of 1998 and episode uh five and six do i have that right five and six uh premiered on sunday and uh kind of touched on the uh the uh the era of the 92 dream team and uh what did you think about that i thought they were going to touch on it more than what they did so i was kind of disappointed in that um, I, I've heard that that was like the best times for a lot of those basketball players and the best time that they ever remember playing basketball because it was just so highly competitive having Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, um, just 11 legit all-star could be MVP any year that they end up being there. Dude, just go through it. Just like. David Robinson, Carl Malone, Chris Mullen, Stockton, even Patrick had Ewing, all the way going Chris down to, Mullen. if I remember right, I think it was Christian Leitner was the college because they had the college one guy. college person on there, and that was kind of like their gig. It was always a college team until the '92 season, and taking that on right now, man, if I was Christian Leitner and watching that, that would be the best times of my life being a Christian Leitner on the wall watching Michael and Magic going at it, you know. Yeah, I think they did that because, you know, in 84, I think Jordan was actually on the 84 uh, U.S. team when he was a college player, if I yeah. if I remember that correctly. Yeah, it must have been because in 88, they did so poorly against the other international yeah. teams the U.S. team did. And so in 92, they decided – you know, let's just stop messing around. You know, other countries are bringing their their yeah. A-game players, you know, and so let's bring our A-game players. Let's show that the NBA has the greatest players in the entire world, and let's just prove it. But we will just put one college yeah. player on there 
you know, just to show, you know, how dominant, you know, the NBA is versus playing against college team players. And I mean, they were blowing teams yeah, they out. They ended by up 50. averaging uh, through that whole run 33 points or 32 points uh, average win. So, yeah. It's crazy. Even in the finals, I think when yeah, they still played 30 Croatia, they won by 30 yep. something points. Yeah, it was just, you know, and I'm sure at one point in the game. And they the were funny up by part, they, have, they talked about in the show that. Uh, the whole atmosphere of the U.S. Olympics wasn't as big until basketball really hit the scene. And I don't really remember watching it. I mean, I was pretty young, but now it's like stuck in my nature. I watch it all the time, every time that the Olympics are on. Um, I wonder how much that ended up playing a part in my life of, you know, the change of having the NBA that's there. Cause I love watching when the NBA is on for the Olympics and seeing all the different teams and different players and seeing who's on it. And, um, yeah. So I don't know if you know the difference or ever watched it or didn't watch it until 92. Yeah. Well, I definitely didn't really watch it until 92. And I mean, I really didn't get heavy into the NBA until like the, probably the late eighties, which would have probably put me at like, eight, nine, 10 years old. And so, you know, by the time the 92 Olympics came around, I was really into it. I remember it all. I remember all the U S basketball mm-hmm. team merchandise they were coming out with. I remember going Ooh, getting to McDonald's the cups. and getting the cups that had all the, the collector cups. Yeah, dude, the cups that had all the USA teams and the players on there. I the old brother still has those collector cups. If I remember doing... right. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a huge thing. And the thing is, is that, you know, it really did. It set the stage for the United States really paying attention to the Olympics. And after the 92 Olympics, the 96 Olympics happened. And that was like, what do they yep. call it? Dream Team 2. You know, and it had like Shaquille O'Neal and all the guys that didn't end up making the first Dream Team, you know, or weren't around at that time for the first Dream Team. And they were on the mm-hmm. second Dream Team and killed it. And then, you know, the the you know the 2000 team came along and that was another great you know you know USA team and I mean it really wasn't until what was that year when they had like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and a couple other players on there or maybe they were I can't remember who was on the team where the US ended up just like they didn't do very good they had a lot of great yeah, players yeah Allen Iverson Anthony, and they all just like the couldn't collaborate as a team but they were all all stars there was like uh I can't remember if it was Kevin Garnett and some of those type of players, but they kind of just fell apart. Um, yeah, and I think it went 2004 and 2008 that they were just horrible. And then it went back to... Yeah, like Tracy yeah, McGrady Don't throw my Tracy McGrady the in there. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I'm just saying he was on the team. I'm, if I, I don't think he was right. a big problem. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I I highly doubt it. Anybody coming from yeah. the Toronto Raptors isn't a problem. Well, what did you think about the whole... Yeah, because Vince no, Carter may have been Vince on the team, too. Don't be doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, try and push it on over. What did you think about uh, the whole Michael Jordan gambling controversy that kind of came about through the whole... Basically, both episodes, you know. T- oh, yeah, I mean, I... I've, you know, being that I've, I've seen a few Michael Jordan documentaries in my day in Chicago Bulls. I knew that Michael Jordan is a huge competitive guy. He's really into gambling, no matter if it's playing the craps tables at a casino or it's, you know, putting bets on, on golf. Yeah. You know, uh, it was interesting to see that you could see his competitive nature and the gambling kind of come out when he was playing oh. that, that quarter game. You know, where he was just playing some of the, the guys. Only the, guy the arenas, Michael Jordan saying, you know, cannot beat. The, right the, there. the only the guy that court. Michael Jordan can't beat is that golden locked mullet. Right? Never beat him. I know. He looked like he looked like freaking Albert Einstein or something, you know, and he was just he had like Jordan's name on it. Court. Like he he had him. Every time he ended up playing him, he ends up beating him. He's like, I'm gonna beat you once. I think that's why Jordan was yeah, only playing him for 20 probably bucks. Probably kept losing it all the time. You know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, Jordan was a, was a big, 
big gambling guy. So he was only playing him for 20 a throw. And that's what was funny is that I think there was that story where, you know, when they were on the planes traveling from game to game, like the big money players would sit in the back of the yep. plane and they play with Jordan. I mean, they were playing thousand dollar games and some of the guys on the, on the yeah, on the game, uh, I, the the guys on the team that were making very much money, they'd be up at the front of the plane and they'd, they'd be, be playing, playing dollar, like dollar hands. So, yeah, and Jordan pretty much cleaned all the guys out in the back of the plane. So he like comes to the front of the plane and says.